Once again, welcome Iowa innovators, educators, entrepreneurs, ecosystem builders, and anyone who's interested in finding fresh ways of doing the work they do right here in Iowa. This is Iowa Innovation, powered by NuboCo, where we talk to leaders in innovation, education, and entrepreneurship. I'm Dr. Jennifer Murphy. And I am not a Dr. Rob Merritt. Today, we're talking with Alyssa Gardner. She is one of Iowa's, actually, the Midwest's only cannabis farmers. She owns Farm to Health Organics, and today we're going to talk with her about her journey, really, into um, this new field of cannabis. She's been an entrepreneur for years. We're going to talk about the benefits that her plant that she grows right there on her farm here in Iowa um, provides, and really the industry as a whole. As well as this pause that she took back in 2019 in her entrepreneurial journey and just really how powerful that is. And she's going to get into how sleep is a really important thing for everyone in the industry and why and how that can benefit you. Can't wait to get into this. So with that, let's innovate, Iowa. This show is sponsored by Nymaster Good, Iowa's largest law firm with offices in Des Moines, Cedar Rapids, and Ames. Rob, did you know that Nymaster's cutting-edge positive legal approach has helped businesses of all sizes succeed for more than 100 years? I did not know. 100 years? 100. Okay, they're not sleeping over there, man. That is a lot of work. <laughs> we need to get them connected with our guests today to get some sleep products. I, I kind of think we do. Yes. I think that that's probably going to make a big difference in them being around for another hundred years because they'll be much more well rested. Yes. And with more than 70 practice areas, I bet they've got a lot of attorneys that could provide her a pretty solid customer base. Mm -hmm. They do have attorneys with expertise in all areas of the law too, like corporate structure and capital raising, intellectual property protection, tax planning, employee benefits, labor and employment law, government relations, and litigation. Again, Who's sleeping when you're learning all of that? <laughs> I mean, that's 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 actually a fantastic lineup, and it's great to have them in your corner. But at the same time, you know, we really like the folks over at Iron Master Good, which is why we're saying, hey, guys and ladies, take care of yourselves. Get some rest yeah. because we want you to keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, yeah. Um, they're, they're great. They're a wonderful asset, and we're glad that uh, they're on our team and that they're helping us out. And uh, we hope that they listen to this episode and, yes. and learn as much as we did. Yeah. And so if you've got some complex business problems out there, like our guest today, she's in an incredibly complex market. Um, you can go ahead and visit www.nymaster.com. That's nymaster.com to learn what Nymaster Good can do for you. All right. Well, welcome, Alyssa, to the show. Thank you. I'm super excited to have you here. Um, we were just chatting before the show um, just about different passions, different things, different ways, you know, that that this is an interesting topic because we are going to be talking about growing cannabis in the state of Iowa mm-hmm. with one of cannabis, uh, with the Midwest, one of Midwest's only female cannabis farmers. Is that correct? Did I say that right? Okay. Yes. So yeah. So there's very few of us. Yeah. So as a, you know, someone I personally, and this isn't, I have to say this is not associated with NuboCo when I say this, I personally am a big fan of the whole effort to bring cannabis to the mass market. I think that there is, you know, enough information out there that tells me that, you know, hemp as a product, CBD as a product, you know, there is benefits. And 
But I think we, you know, what we were talking about earlier was just how polarizing this can be as an issue, mm -hmm. you know, and you know, you've got people who are, who are fans of yes, legalization on just all fronts, mm -hmm. like everything should be legalized. And then you've got people at the polar opposite of that, that are like, nothing should be legalized. Mm -hmm. Then you've got people in the middle that have different, you know, ideas about what should and shouldn't. Um, and then Iowa, you know, comes along and is like, okay, well, we'll legalize growing hemp. You know, yeah. and again, to your earlier point, not the first in the nation, but we came along and we've got this great agriculture industry and now we've added this and you were not a farmer before all of this, right? Like not I technically. I a farmer. Yeah. <laughs> so how, you know, how was it? How did you guys wake up one day and say, this is what we're doing? I'm assuming that's exactly how it happened, right? <laughs> kind of. I left a 15 year career in real estate, um, just got burnout, um, 2018 CBJ 40 under 40 and like three months later like walked away at the height of my career and didn't have a plan B um just took 2019 off I sat on my trampoline I raised chickens I hung out with my kids and just figured out what I wanted to be when I grew up to transition from a super on-call industry like real estate to sitting still I almost lost it oh, sure. <laughs> um and uh, so I started taking some um, cannabis products to help me sleep at night is yeah. really what and it was life-changing and so um just started this journey of like um helping other people rest and I wrote a curriculum called rest over run and I was able to present that to um different um employers here in the um in the state of Iowa and across the country and um, didn't real I stumbled across something. I actually wrote a blog um, for LinkedIn one night just so I could go to sleep. Just kind of one of those mm -hmm. like, so I can get to sleep. Didn't think anybody would see it or read it. And it really caught some traction. And I started getting asked to present on this topic of rest and um, just stumbled into it. So I see this hemp uh, conversation as an extension of my mm. conversation of rest. And so it, it's all lumped in there. Mm -hmm. um, and I just use that as a platform to help other people. One, the number one thing that people, what do you got for sleep? What do you yeah. got for sleep, Alyssa? And the second to stress and anxiety and, and pain. Yeah. But I mean, the number one thing is sleep. So I was yeah. kind of, you know, I was, I was reading some of those blogs uh, before this interview and, and I, I saw the one about how there is, uh, you were comparing, how animals on the farm, they just, they know when the sun goes down, they go in and they go mm -hmm. to sleep and, you know, that they have like a circadian rhythm, mm -hmm. but that people are doing everything they can to fight that rhythm mm -hmm. with caffeine and, you know, whatever they could take to, to stay awake and keep mm -hmm. working. And, um, and so even before we get into the, the, the conversation about hemp that obviously, you know, was a result of this, can you talk a little bit more about, and especially for entrepreneurs, for people who work in business, mm -hmm. sleep, it's almost like, it's almost like a badge of honor when you're like, that's right. I only slept three hours mm -hmm. last night because yeah. I am working so hard on this business. Yes. It's, there's this mentality that you have to burn the candle at both ends and just give it your all hundred percent all the time in order to be successful as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I would love to hear your thoughts more. Like if you could elaborate some mm -hmm. on, on how, sleep needs to be prioritized more even in the business and mm -hmm. entrepreneur world i can speak personally from the entrepreneurial side um been called a serial entrepreneur by uh more than one person so <laughs> um, we currently own multiple companies between my husband and i but um personally it if you don't take time to rest your body will decide when that time is you know and so um i didn't want to end up with um you know, pain or chronic pain or 
you know, just mental health issues that people are struggling with and things like that, that, um, so I do have a heart and a passion specifically for the entrepreneurial community. Um, but it's a form of self-hatred is really what I would describe it as, is when you, you know, will deprive yourself of the very thing that your, your body needs, right? Um, you wouldn't do that to a baby, right? If a child is, needs a nap or whatever, like we find a way to, or if we see a child in public, like losing their mind, like we don't blame the kid or, right. or say you should stay up longer, or whatever, like we naturally see what that needs. And then for some reason we hit an age and we stop caring about that for ourselves anymore. So <laughs> we do have a dog on the podcast today, yes. anyway, which is actually pretty cool. Yeah. We're pretty excited. Yeah, yeah. That uh, means it's warm out and it can't be in my car. <laughs> <laughs> so it means you're a good dog owner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's that. That was a really long way to answer that. And I, I mean, I can. Well, I, I, it, yeah. No, let what? me. So one of the first um, groups to ask me to present was the Iowa Business Educators Association for their um, annual conference. It was in Des Moines. This is business educators for high school and colleges. So um, these were all business teachers. And I have presented on um, entrepreneurship or women-owned businesses or networking, things like that. And so I expected them to want me to speak about that. And they said, no, no, we read your blog on rest. And we really believe that our teachers need to hear that message. And I just remember like taking a minute and being like, of all the things... And after presenting to that group, it was um, men and women um, educators. I mean, people approached me with tears in their eyes and just was so thankful for that message. And that's exactly what they needed to hear. They almost needed permission to take a nap. Mm. I mean, these are burnt out. These are the people that are educating our children. And to see them strung out and tired, um, it's just follow the leader at that point. We're breeding that. And yet it's so funny because that is there are people who glamorize that mm. or who feel like who, who tell, who tell you, well, you know, if you really want this, if it's really mm. important to you, you're going to put in the work, you're going to, you're going to make this happen. And I, I guess, why do you think that is then that if it's so clearly unhealthy to do this to yourself, why it seems to, there seems to be this undercurrent of encouraging people mm. to work. You that always way? have to follow the money. Like who's making money in this industry of having people be exhausted. Right. Um, who's selling you something to fix that? Who's selling you something to stay awake? Who's selling you something once you get so strung out that you feel like you need something else? So mm-hmm. who's perpetuating this? Who has the motive to perpetuate this? Yeah, You well, know, one of my mentors the other day, who is someone I would love to have on this podcast, to be very honest with you, his <laughs> name's um, Dr. George Walker, and he just moved to town. Um, he is a, he's a much older gentleman um, in his 90s, but you would never know it. Mm-hmm. He's so spry and energetic and amazing, but he mentors um, the um, academic fellowship that I'm a part of. And he said the other day something I thought really speaks to your point. Um, He was sharing with us, um, we were talking about nonprofits and the business of nonprofits. And then he said, you know, he said, um, nonprofits use money to make people. For-profits use people to make money. Mm -hmm. And 
if you think about that and that, you know, and that's painting a rather, you know, stark kind of one or the other kind of thing. And I, I know there are for profits out there who do not have that. And there are nonprofits, honestly, that mm-hmm. are not great with their people either. And so, you know, we can't make that an absolute statement. But when you think about what you just said, follow the money, mm-hmm. you know, and you look at who, who benefits from us not sleeping, mm-hmm. And it's not or us. being in pain, like all yeah. the different things that cannabis, yeah. in, you know, yeah, can meets relieve. that need. Yeah. 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 And there's a lot of different industries, especially it's not even, you think of big pharma right away because that's yeah. just kind of like what you think of or whatever. But then there's also the cannabis plant, depending on what variety it is, you can make your clothes out of it, you know, mm-hmm. and um, you can, anything made of wood can be made out of hemp. Anything made out of plastic can be made out of hemp. So those are also some huge, huge industries huge. that don't yeah. want this specific industry to take off either so yeah. i have to give credit to woody harrelson because i never knew a lot of that until woody really got into like promoting mm-hmm. hemp yeah. you know there is there's definitely i know growing up there was a perception that the only thing you would ever grow cannabis for is to get high mm-hmm. and you know it's like no you can make clothing you can build all these different things um but that message wasn't really clear until woody and i think a few other celebrities really for got involved. our generation yes but literally it's our American history is written on cannabis. Uh, the American dollar yep. was printed on um, hemp paper and um, the canopy for the covered wagons for the pioneers was made out of can- cannabis. Mm-hmm. And Levi Strauss jeans were all made out of hemp mm-hmm. fibers because they're eight times stronger than cotton fiber. Just things like that. that it, it's there. It's always been there. We just, you know, were sold something different starting, I think, back in the 60s in the Nixon administration. And um, it perpetuated through the 80s with the drug-free America and yeah the war on drugs red ribbon week (laughs) yes so then so you were talking about how you had identified these needs how then did that lead you into uh starting on a whole new career path sure um I I was to the point where I couldn't finish a train of thought because I wasn't sleeping and my phone wasn't ringing anymore like that's what I wanted but then I yeah so uh, but to find that there was other people that had the same struggle. That's what an entrepreneur does is sees a problem then finds a solution. And I was like, you know what? Um, I'm going to take this platform of credibility that I just got from 2018 and the CBJ thing or whatever. And I'm going to use that as a voice to teach these same people how to rest if they want to. I'm not going to push this on anybody, but um, I had married a farmer um, back in 14 and um, it's a heritage farm. It's been in the same family for over 150 years. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a cool thing here in Iowa. Um, and so this was just also my way to try to like fit in on the farm, <laughs> like I, the <laughs> corn and soybean things didn't, didn't do it for me. I looked into growing some other things like elderberry and things like that. And, um, in 2020, Iowa decided to legalize and, and license, um, hemp growing. And I asked my husband, I was like, Hey, I think we should do this. And he's like, absolutely not. <laughs> he's like, my grandfather would roll over in his grave if he knew we were doing this. And, you know, he, he stayed at a no for a little while and, um, kind of had those same reservations, you know, just thought that everyone would think we were growing pot and things like that. And, um, the cool thing is, is like from the grave, I, uh, we were, um, in our barn and there's an old planter in there from his grandfather, right? Mm. Like this is an original piece to the farm. And one of the settings on it for seed was a hemp seed. (sighs) And so that was like the wink from the grave from his grandfather being like, I'm okay with you. (laughs) Oh my God, gives me tingles. I love that. And from then on, he he was okay with it. And um, 2020 rolled around and applied for the license and away we went. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. So what, um, I, ca- I almost want to fast forward a little bit. What do you do with the product? Mm-hmm. So there is, um, 
there isn't processing in Iowa. So there, there's right. so many nuances to this industry and what are you going to do with it? And what are you going to grow it for? And once you do have it, what are you going to do with it? Um, so in 2020, there was over 80 licensees and then there was no processors. And so I have to take my plants out of state to be processed. Right. Um, so we would load up our vehicle with you know, a few hundred pounds of cannabis, like Cheech and Chong, <laughs> heading down <laughs> the road in our Just fork. Just follow the smoke, in friends. Our, right. <laughs> My husband and I, it was pretty funny. And um, we uh, find processors to extract the oil. So that's the first step. You have to get the oil out of the plant um, in order, and then to do something with it. And then you take the oil, and then you can turn it into other things. Um, I also have multiple processors for that because, like, some of them are good at tinctures and some of them are good at gummies and right. topicals and things like that. And so and nobody's really good at all of it. Right. Like, there's a lot of places that want to be vertically integrated, like, seed to bottle and stuff like that. But it's a lot of work anytime you try to be all things. Right. Like, I'd, what <laughs> I've chosen to do is to find the processors that are really good. And I, I've scoured the country, and I, I feel really solid about that. Um, and not have to be all the things. Yeah. So, yeah. and then I've got to meet a bunch of great people in the industry too that are geek processing or geek extraction and things right. like that. Well, and that's what I was just thinking about. So much of the entrepreneurial process is about the network mm -hmm. that you're able to build. And with this being a, a new again mm -hmm. industry, um, building it out and finding the ways to process all the things. And, and quite honestly, I've, I feel like we've scratched the surface mm -hmm. of the potential mm -hmm. with this as a product and as a part of our economy, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. um, and so building out that network, do you see people becoming interested in that processing aspect here in the state? Or do you believe Yes and no. I think that there's a lot of interest, but then when they look at the economics of it, they get right back out. Um, mm. A lot of my network is in like Canada and other states like sure. uh, California and Colorado. I have very few contacts in Iowa. Um, but People are circling it. Um, here's the thing. In 2020, there was 80 licensees. And in 21, only 30 of us came back for year two. And so with numbers declining like that, um, and that's a trend nationally where mm -hmm. people get in and then year two, they get right back out. And so right. when your numbers are declining, all those um, processors that maybe were looking at Iowa to come be a part of in 21 or 22, they're like, no. Yeah. These numbers should have quadrupled and they declined. And so mm -hmm. um, until... It's a supply and demand. Right now, there's so much supply, and um, it's more than what the demand is. That's uh, yeah. another really cool thing about this yeah. plant is that it's so prolific and so giving that mm -hmm. a little bit goes a long way. And people, you know, it, it doesn't take a lot to to make a lot. I was going to ask you about that because I know that that's been some of the problems I've read about in the past is the um, with with um, plants that are producing CBD products mm -hmm. in particular. Mm -hmm. So much is grown. And then it can just. I've there. seen it rotting. I yeah. was at a farm in Illinois, and like in round bales and things like that. So yeah. what we have going for us, I would say, is just our story and that yeah. ability um, from 15 years of marketing just to right. tell our family farm story. And people come and camp at our farm and they can smell and touch and feel. And um, if you don't have something like that accompanying it, then you're just another yeah. yeah. Well, it's an interesting Company. market because it's, it's almost got a an, a built-in, um, I'm going to use a bad pun, weeding out process. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so mm-hmm. because I, my perception and, and tell me if this is validated by any of your experiences, my perception from all the research that I've done in this area is there is an attraction to the big numbers. Mm-hmm. There's an attraction to the potential, you know, and you're seeing, you're seeing, yeah, mm-hmm. the green rush, right? That's yeah, what they're calling it for rush, a while. Yeah. We've got, you know, Washington and California and Colorado kind of as the first on the map as far as really diving into any kind of legalization efforts. Now, fall, like states are dominoing mm-hmm. with various measures, you know, around this um, in different ways. And people are like, look at those numbers. Look at that profit I can make. All I got to do is grow a plant and sell it. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to do. What you're describing is much more complex than mm-hmm. that. Much more complex than that. And I, my suspicion then is that's why people are falling off. In and out. You know, just. If I spoke at Iowa State University for Agronomy 240 um, last month. And those kids, you know, wide eyes and they see the dollar bills and things like that. And I, my advice to them was that if they're not passionate about this plant, then to just not. Like right. if you're in it for the money then you're going to get in and get right back out. But if you are passionate about helping people sleep and you don't care how much money you make along the way, like that's what this is for. I went to California in August of last year and visited like um, Mendocino County and Humboldt County and, and all these like OGs um, Mm -hmm. uh, marijuana farms that were started back, you know, back in the sixties, like the back to the landers and like the originals and the, the MJ market is completely bottomed out in California. Mm -hmm. Like we don't want to see that. We want to see all the dollar bills that we can make. We're like, anytime big, anything comes in, all the hippies that have the heart (laughs) and the passion and the love for it, they're still out there. They are broke as a joke. And which is really sad and disheartening. I met some really great people, but I also don't have high hopes for, Right. Yeah. A green rush. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that, that brings up a question of how difficult is it as an Iowa based farmer to compete in this field, especially when it's, it's still so relatively new for a lot of people to even be able to do this. I'm only competing against myself and I just trust that whoever is in front of me and that's who that is for that moment, whether it's at a farmer's market or a boat show or some other, you know, you saw me online or, or something like that, or your, your grandma told you to use it cause it helps her sleep at night. Like, mm-hmm. um, I'm kind of a day to day. So do you find when you go to farmer's markets, places like that, do you mm-hmm. find that you have to spend a lot of time educating potential customers mm-hmm. about your field? Or do you find that a lot of the people who approach you are already pretty well read about this and know how it can benefit them? Um, I educate a ton and that can be exhausting. Um, but because that's what I'm passionate about. Like to somebody who's just there to make a dollar bill, they're not going to want to spend time, 10 minutes, you know, educating you on what it does for your circadian rhythm. Right. (laughs) And, but because that's what drives me and the stories that I hear of people, you know, sleeping at night and um, changes in their household completely, like people with tears in their eyes and things like that, that compels me to do it another day. Mm -hmm. It's not because I'm making a million dollars right now. It's, it's because I'm, I'm genuinely helping people and, changing people's lives. Yeah. I mean, and there's, there's absolutely, you're saying it without saying it, the social impact that you have. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that there is a perceived like, oh, they're growing hemp. There's definitely a social impact, but that's to your point. That doesn't, there's, that's not a given, 
you know, and for you, it's a, it is about how can I help people versus I'm here to grow this plant so I can tell all my friends I grow weed, mm. you know, like, mm-hmm. and that there, there is, there is that icky part of this I don't even get to grow weed. That, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, but that's, that's, I think that there, that to me is one of the icky parts of the whole industry is there, there are these weird just perceptions mm-hmm. that can boil up. And that's why I really like Rob's question about what, you know, where do you spend your time when you're interacting with people? Mm-hmm. Um, so on that note, tell us about some of the products that sure. you are, you're making and some of the, some of the ways that this can benefit people on a health level, because I think this, this podcast is such an interesting blend to me of mm-hmm. ag business and entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and like health innovation. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much going on with this one little, you know, mm-hmm. flower from a plant. So that's how cool yeah, she is. I exactly. keep referring to them as girls. All my plants are females. Um, yeah. The female plants are the ones that actually make the oil. And so they're my girls. And <laughs> so um, that's kind of cool. Feminism. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do the guys just, the male plants just kind of hang back and take credit for everything? They're like absent fathers. <laughs> <laughs> they ruined the show. Actually. But the seeds cost twice as much yes, as the female yes, ones. Yes, yes, Paint it pink. Or actually, the women should cost more because you paint it pink. There's the, the pink tax. Oh, I guess oh. that's true. I guess I was thinking more in terms of who's putting in more work versus getting paid. True. You it's a very nailed it, Rob. Nailed it. All right, now we've ad- we've added the dynamics of feminism into this podcast. We are everything. <laughs> So my girls, um, yeah, they are very giving. It's a beautiful plant. It's healing, um, calming. Um, uh, it's also an anti-inflammatory, so it's great for pain. Um, the number one reason that people, I, I think, when they ask me is, is what do you got for sleep? So I'll, I'll just start there. Um, before the invention of the light bulb, the a- average person slept tw- 10 hours a night for sleep, and, and now we're lucky to get six, you know, five or six. And so something... we've changed something. And so, um, putting our phones in front of our face, it it does two things. One, it tells your brain not to make uh, melatonin. Like people take melatonin all the time. I'm like, did you know that your body makes it without you buying it? Right? Like people don't know that. So like, um, overhead lights or your cell phone in front of your face, like tells your brain to not make melatonin. It's a double whammy. It tells your brain to make serotonin, which keeps you awake. And it's, we're perpetuating this, this, thing and then we're complaining that we can't sleep at night (laughs) um one nice thing about i mean about this plant is that it helps reset your circadian rhythm and so because the hemp plant has such a an intimate effect on your um central nervous system which controls everything in your body when your central nervous system is happy then that's why people like well how can it do this and this and this and it's because it's helping your central nervous system which controls all of those things so it kind of looks like a cure-all but um, one of my favorite products is our soft gels. And, um, this is something I educate a ton on because a lot of people will take like oral drops and tinctures. That's like one of the number one ways to, um, for application. And I'm really educating a lot about these soft gels and, um, nano emulsive technology. Um, so we're made of water and these are all oil-based products. And so people need to ask this question, <clears throat> is this product water soluble? Right. So, um, by nano emulsifying, um, 
the oil particles, we take it from a big oil particle and make it really small so that your body can actually absorb it, mm. right? Have you ever taken a vitamin and then like half an hour later in the toilet, it's like bright yellow, like you did not absorb the vitamins. Like, so people are spending a lot of money on these hemp products, but they're not necessarily, you know, once again, I'm just educating <coughs> in a way that a lot of other people are just making money. And I'm like, I care about if you actually absorb it. And so um, that's, that's something really important I think people should should think about oral drops are fast acting because they go under your tongue and they get in your bloodstream quicker like so if somebody has anxiety or a panic attack that would be a better option Mm. because a soft gel has to go through your digestive system and it's going to take you know 40 minutes before it gets in your bloodstream and if you're having a panic attack nope you can't wait that long Right. right so there's different application like that makes sense for depending on what you're taking it for but um yeah. yeah, just something to think about. Yeah. Make sure you're getting actually absorbing what you're paying for. Yeah, absolutely. Now it's it's fascinating because like you just listed off like a ton of stuff that I deal with, mm-hmm. right? And so <clears throat> anxiety and panic, I'm diagnosed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Card carrying member of the PTSD community. <laughs> Yes. Um, you know, sleeping. So I've been taking melatonin for just a, out of habit anymore. Mm-hmm. I will tell you. It's part of your just, routine. It's just part just of like my routine vitamin. at night. Mm-hmm. But I've also done CBD. Mm-hmm. And I will say that that I feel the difference in um, using CBD over melatonin. It feels like I, I don't know how to say it other than this. Just like I don't know that, like I posted this on Instagram the other day, there is a right coffee cup for me to drink out of given a day of a week. Mm-hmm. Like I, ha- I have to pick the right cup. But it's, it's that same feeling of this is just right. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't have a medical explanation for that other than I feel better. I get asked all the time, Alyssa, if Iowa legalizes marijuana, like, are you going to switch and you're going to grow that? Yeah. And I don't, I don't, my answer is no, because like if somebody wants that, they can go to yeah. Illinois, they can go to Colorado. Like right. people tell me that all the time at Farmer's right. Market. I just got back from Colorado, girl. I don't need any, you know, like, cool. Good for you. Not everybody wants to get high. Right. Some people just want to sleep at night. Right. And mm-hmm. that's my niche. That's, and yeah. you know, I'm pro cannabis on all sides of the sure. conversation. I'm not blocking THC at all, but do I need to switch to accommodate that if, if I would decide to do that? No. No. Mm-hmm. No, because you're right. I mean, it's the, it's the same. It's not the same. There's a parallel with alcohol. It's not the same. And I I almost like hesitate to bring that into the conversation because I think it's rife with pitfalls. But some people don't drink, but they still have fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like there's a, you know, there was a weird and, you know, I'm a recovered alcoholic and which I'm very public about. But, you know, so I have always equated that because when I quit drinking, I made a list like four pages long of stuff edit stuff I would never be able to do because I didn't drink anymore and I think when people have that association with weed well if you know they associate this idea of cannabis with just marijuana just the thing that's going to get you high versus the medicinal Mm -hmm. effects the actual body healing effects that um that non-THC related cannabis can have one of the things that really surprised me I was afraid of alienating I grew up in the church and you know I just was afraid of alienating a big part of my sphere but pain's a motivator so I feel like these moms and dads um from the 80s that, that raised us or whatever that grew up in the Reagan administration the war on drugs and all that kind of stuff like like now they're they're old and they're in pain and they're dying of cancer and when grandma you know is struggling like 
pain's a motivator. You could have been anti-cannabis your entire life, and now, you know, grandma's struggling with her chemo, and all of a sudden you're going to take a look at it, right? And so I'm seeing just this whole other awakening. I I mean, that was my dad. My dad passed away a little over two years ago, and like the whole, the final year of his life, he was in a lot of pain, um, and, uh, and he, he had never you know, he'd never done anything with cannabis and like the last couple months of his life, uh, mm-hmm. he finally tried it just because it, it, he had gotten to that point where he was like, whatever will make this mm-hmm. better. Yeah. And so, yeah, like, like you said, suddenly you rethink everything <laughs> when it comes, when it comes to what will help me. And I, I think that's such an important point to make in the realm of innovation and entrepreneurship and just your own personal health is what you've, just because you've been doing it doesn't mean it's the right thing for your body. You know, just because you've been imbibing XYZ pills for however long doesn't mean that's that that's that's helping you heal or actually even relieving it could just be masking, you know, and and I mean, doctors will talk about that all day long. You know, I've, I've had just because I drink four Red Bulls a day doesn't mean I'm getting enough sleep. <laughs> right. Well, you're also a new dad and all these wonderful things. I know. That's why so. I know it's more like five or six a day. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, and on that, I do hope that you celebrated your wife on Mother's Day because we saw her on Friday and she said that she didn't know if anybody had plans for her. Oh, we, we got crazy. Uh, okay, not good. with cannabis, but, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, no, we took her to a Mother's Day tea and, yeah. um, and yeah, and I've been posting a steady stream of, of baby pictures yes. and I, I put up a picture of her with with uh with michael on mother's day yeah um yeah no we it was it was fun it was our first ever mother's day and uh but yeah you know it's all this talk about sleep and and things like that you know that's that's always been a thing for Mm -hmm. me because i've always been a a multi-career type of person where I'm doing more than one thing at the same time where I've got like my day job and then I'm editing videos at night or Mm -hmm. I'm acting in a show or things like that and so um and so now having had a baby on top of that, you know, like both me and Megan, our sleep schedules are all out of whack, you know, and Megan can't, you know, obviously can't sleep for more than, you know, three hours at a time before she's got to get up and pump or, yeah. you know, and obviously our baby is not sleeping through the night yet. He's, he's got to be fed every, every two, three hours. And so, so yeah, the idea of getting a full night of sleep is like, uh, like a wild fantasy right now <laughs> that, that seems like a very far away thing, yeah. but, um, but we have actually had conversations about, you know, once he starts sleeping through the night and once things are leveling out, how do we get back to a normal sleep schedule? And sure. I have no idea. I'm sure. actually paying. I'm like listening to all of this and thinking I should maybe read up on this because mm-hmm. I don't know. We we might almost need some help to mm-hmm. figure out how to get into a normal sleep rhythm after all of the, the chaos yeah. we've been juggling for the past few months. Yeah. You know, and so I think it's really important that because there has been so so much rhetoric out there about the evils and the benefits of cannabis products um, on both sides of of the story. And I think it's really important for people to educate themselves at an individual level and under really understand and not just go with, you know, what your, your anti-drug parent or aunt or uncle or brother or teacher, you know, really tried to program you with and really think about like, this is a plant. This, this is a, that's an herb. It's a plant. It's coming from the earth and it's not being overprocessed and it's not being added a bunch of, you know, chemical poop storms too. like mm-hmm. it is there's literal um, natural benefit here and really thinking through that thinking 
because I was a I was a dare program kid who had a dad who was growing weed. You know, like there's and my dad's fine with me saying that. So this mm-hmm. was California in the you know early eighties, seventies. Mm-hmm. But I remember being a kid and my dad's anemic pot plants in the backyard. You know, <laughs> being there and I kid you not, the sheriff would bring in the drug board. You know, to school and I was in like fourth, fifth grade or whatever. And he put the drug board up and I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh, my dad's got some of that. (laughs) And the sheriff, bless his heart, small town, thank God, looks at me and he goes, sweetie, your dad doesn't want me to know that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but this was, you know, a kid in California Mm -hmm. in the, you know, my parents were born in the 50s, kids in the 60s and 70s. Like this was not an abnormal thing to be a part of in that era. Then, you know, Red Ribbon Campaign, the war on drugs, all that stuff changed the way that we were talking about things in a much more negative way. And so I I do think that it's up to anybody that's listening to this, anybody who's living in today's society to ask themselves, what do I really know about this? And where could I go get more education so that I can make more of an informed opinion instead of just something that's been handed to me? Is that fair? Am I helping to evangelize? Is that good? So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, not just this topic, but there's sure. a lot of things that, you know, if you went to church or just in school, sure. there's certain things that you were just taught and that you just took to be, oh, that's how it is. And you never think to question it until you get on. And so, I, I mean, I've, I've always encouraged people who are like, well, I, I'm opposed to this or mm. we shouldn't be doing this. I'm like, why do you actually think that? Mm. Like, do you actually have reasons that you believe mm. that? Or is that just how it is? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's just how it is, mm. you know? And I know for me, I went to, I went to Catholic school. Um, I, I know I've, I have never smoked a joint in my life. Uh, and most I'm of that, glad we're not playing never have I ever. No, no, that's okay. That's okay. But I only bring that up I'm, and I'm not bringing that up like, Ooh, look at me. Right. I'm more bringing it up because I was always in an environment where I was like, no, you don't, you don't do that. You don't right. do that. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and then once I, you know, once I went to college where I could do that, if I wanted to, I had no right. interest in doing that because I had just always, you know, been told, you know, pot bad, don't you? Know? And, um, and so, you know, and I brought up the Woody Harrelson thing in jest or at the beginning of the episode, but actually there's some truth to that because mm-hmm. I really, literally did not know right. that there was all these other products that you could get, that hemp was a thing right. and that there were all of these benefits to it. And so then, of course, once you learn that, you're like, well, but then if that's true, why aren't we doing it? Mm-hmm. Which goes back to your point of, well, follow the money. There's a reason why we're all being told don't do this product, even though there's a lot of benefits to it. So I, I, I always, as a general rule, I just encourage people, if you're opposed to something, ask yourself why you're opposed to it. Do you have legit reasons from your own personal experience that are like, no, I don't like this thing. Or is it just, that's what you've always been told and you've never questioned it. Because I think, especially with this industry, that's a huge factor that like learning to learning to go learn up on things for yourself and make a decision about is this beneficial? This is going to be legal me? nationwide in our lifetime. Like oh, yeah. there's already 16 states. Like they're dropping like flies. I'm amazed so, it like... isn't already like all 50. I really, I genuinely <laughs> am amazed. Silly. It's silly. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah, because it doesn't hurt anybody. It doesn't hurt anybody. It's it's just uh, you know let people do what they need to do to make themselves better. And imagine all the innovations that we could come up with if we had increased not just access to the ability to grow it, but to process it. In my interview with Successful Farming last June, that is what 
I want grandma to be able to grow it in her garden, right? And make her own medicinals in her kitchen like we used to be able to, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not just advocating for the Iowa farm family to have this as an alternative crop because it's such a giving plant. You don't need to grow it in that masses. You really don't. Mm -mm. But if you could put it next to your tomatoes and, you know, make your own salve and things like that, like back to the roots, that's what I'm advocating mm-hmm. for is not that Alyssa can grow it on her farm, mm-hmm. but it's that you can grow it in your garden and he can grow it in his garden mm-hmm. and peace. And it love could be like my ex mother in law, can and tomatoes every fall, <laughs> right? you know? Like right. it just yeah. We're making salve today, yeah. Dave. <laughs> well and, and another good distinction to point out is that, you know, there are I, I, there are actual, you know, researched, you know, clearly shown medical benefits to this. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there are, there are people who are advocating for alternate medicines, some of which have absolutely no research or backing <laughs> to show that they actually do anything. And I think that sometimes, um, things like cannabis oil can get lumped in with that. Oh, well, this isn't officially prescribed by doctors and hospitals. Therefore it must be quack medicine. How, you know, you talked about how you educate people. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you draw that distinction where you, between this and some of the other alternate alternative medicines and, and why cannabis isn't more, it isn't more prescribed by doctors and it isn't more openly supported oh, by the medical profession. That's exactly where this is going. My little sister, um, was just asked um, by a very large university to be a part of their medical marijuana program because she's had MS since she was 25. And it's my answer to her was, I, I'm so mad about that because we call it medical marijuana. I'm like, it's the same thing, but it's a <laughs> yeah. control. Yeah. It's control because you put the word medical in front of it, and then all of a sudden you need a card for it, and you can't grow it in your own backyard. It's yeah. it's the same answer as I gave before. You have to follow the money. You have to see who's who's benefiting from controlling this beautiful plant. Yes. Yeah. I love that as a place to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I think we have covered a lot of ground today. I mean, we have talked about, you know, legal aspects, political aspects, economic aspects, how to rest as an entrepreneur, which I do. I have just, we didn't focus on that a ton, but we did like your decision to step out. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to belabor it. I just want to applaud you Mm -hmm. and tell you what a hero you are to so many people (laughs) for doing that because so many people feel like they can't. Mm -hmm. And so, and then not just to step away, you didn't just go back to what you were doing. Like take a break and then just get right back to the grindstone. You took a break and you figured out what matters to me and where can I invest my energies in a way that's going to feed me. That's my thing. Like that's huge to me. I I am so inspired by people who actually go and do that. That's huge. So keep doing that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Whether that's hemp the rest of your life or in five years you're like, I'm going to go do something else. Like I follow that because that's huge. That is so huge. Um, so thank you. Yeah, you thank bet. you Thanks so much for, for saying me. yes. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's yeah. one of the only emails that I've said yes to, by the way. I just I felt I'm it. like letting my heart lead those yeah. decisions these yeah. days and I was like you know there's something different about this one so yeah it's because we, really let, we let dogs come to <laughs> our <laughs> podcast that's why I didn't even ask Thanks so much to our guest, Alyssa Gardner for coming on the show remember you can find her at Farm to Health Organics 
And she's out there on social media. We'll have all of that listed in the show notes. And apparently, if you go to farmer's markets, you can find her there quite a bit, too. And she is more than happy to answer questions and tell you all about what she does. Hey, if you love the show, please subscribe and leave us a review. And you can visit our blog, nubo.co slash blog, to find key takeaways from this episode summarized and detailed. This podcast is produced and distributed by LAS Media Group. For more information, go to lasmediagroup.com. And we sure would love it if you'd think about making a donation to NuboCo. Your contributions to our nonprofit are what help us continue to serve innovators, educators, and entrepreneurs across the state of Iowa. If you want to learn more, visit nubo.co slash donate. Well, so what happened, Rob? Are you a cannabis advocate now? I, I, I want to learn a lot more. I'll tell nice. you that much. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I really think it's important that people understand that distinction between weed and cannabis. Because all joking aside, I mean, they, it is a very different thing. And yet that's not a message we hear very often. Every time somebody says, oh, I'm going to go get some cannabis oil or something, you know, it turns into Towley from South Park. <laughs> you you want to get high? You know, and it's like, no, no, Towley, we don't want to get high. We just want to like treat stuff. I just want to sleep. <laughs> so, no, I, I mean, I think it's a fascinating it's really a fascinating topic and something that I still feel like I could learn a lot more about and hopefully our, our listeners will as well. Yes. 